I'm Shay. And I'm Lily. We are so happy that you're here. Here at HBC, we believe that we can dream big because we serve a big God. And it doesn't matter what your past may look like, you still have a bright future. So open up your heart and receive. I have this question to begin with today. Are you trusting God's love? In John 14, I'm sorry, John, 1 John 4, excuse me. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now, I love the King James Version. Y'all know I, I carry a King James Version, but I love to explore the other versions of the Bible because it brings it into to modern English. And when I read 1 John 4.18 in the Passion Translation, it says, Love never brings fear. For fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. There's a fundamental aspect of our faith, and I want to talk about it today. One of the most important fundamental aspects of walking in faith and receiving God's promises is trusting in God's love. That's why when I, in 2013, I went to my office and I said, God, I, I am not, I, this ain't working for me. I had already pastored for years. We started the church in 98. And you know what? The church was doing fine physically and, and, and outside and looking in. But inside of me, I was not at all happy with where I was. And I wasn't fulfilled. I believe a lot of it was because I was following what I'd been taught being raised up. I love my heritage, but just because you appreciate your heritage, you don't have to repeat things if it's not for you to walk in. See, too many times we, we take tra traditionalism as the will of God. Traditionalism is okay. Your heritage is okay. All of that is okay. But if it's not where God has you and wants you specifically, it'll rob you of the fulfillment of the power of God's faith in your life. So here's where I got. I, I said, God, I got, I, I got to do something different. I'm not, I'm not feeling like I'm doing what you've called me to do. I may be checking all the marks. And I was called to preach. There was no doubt about that. I'd already established that. But I wasn't doing it in the way that I was. Because it didn't look like what I was raised in. And so I finally come to the understanding. That it was my calling to teach people to dream no matter how old you are, no matter what the circumstances look like. I saw a video yesterday of a 90-year-old man in a bodybuilding contest. I'm not even joking. I mean, there was some sagging skin. I ain't lying to you. But that dude at 90 years old, listen to you sniggering back there, Rob. 
90 years old, there was lines in the muscles of, of his legs and his arms were cut somewhat. <laughs> but how many 90-year, first of all, how many 90-year-olds do you know? And how many 90-year-olds is in a nursing home? It's not throwing shade on anybody. It's saying we can have, if, if there's one 90-year-old in this world that is walking upright and in his right mind using all of his facilities, then you know what? In faculties, I believe with all my heart that if one can do it, we all can do it. But it's believing. And the Lord told me in 2013, He said, you've been taught to dream your whole life. You are to teach people how to live by faith, watch what they say, use, your, use their words to, to go to another place in life, to speak those things that are not, and teach them to dream big. And so that's the journey that I've been on since 2013. And here's where I had to get to before I could go on this journey and lead anybody on this journey. I had to get a full understanding of God's love. God's love is not compromising the gospel. That's what some people want you to think. If you accept people the way they are, then the, 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 the world, the religious world, wants you to believe that you're compromising. I don't have to agree with you to love you. I don't have to debate with you whether or not you're right or I'm right. I can love you. Period. I believe if we get that understanding that God's love is unconditional then we can teach people that they don't have to stay bound down by addiction, but they can release that and they can walk free from that. But people a lot of time won't receive from God simply because they think that He is mad at them for some past event that's been in their life. I got good news for you today. He is sitting high and He's looking low. And as He does that, He's loving you every step of your life. You may be in His will, you may be out of His will, but He still loves you with every part of His being. His love is so unconditional that you can't understand it with your physical mind. So therefore, we resort to what we can understand with our physical mind. With our physical mind, we can understand that if we do something wrong, we've got to pay for it. If we do something wrong, God is going to, you know, we're created in God's image and, and we have to correct our children, so God's going to correct us. You know what I believe today with all my heart? If you differ with this, that's okay. I don't find fault with you and we'll not debate about it. But what I believe, I don't, I don't believe that God is in the business of whooping people nearly as much as we're told that He is. I believe the Word of God says the wages of sin is death. Sin is what brings calamity. Sin in your life. And I'm not going to take now off on another trip to tell you how bad sin is. I'm just going to tell you the Word says God is love. So God's attitude towards you, no matter where you're at in life, is He wants to bless you. Now, where the disconnect happens 
if we are not trusting in his love and trusting him enough to submit our life to him, he can't, just like he taught about the tithe, he can't go against his word and bless you if you're walking in disobedience. But it's not because he's mad at you. It's not because he's trying to figure out a way how to keep you out of blessing. As a matter of fact, the words, you know what Jesus is doing right now? Do you know what he's doing right now? Jesus is praying for you right now. It says right now that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of his Father making intercession for you. So here's what he's doing. He's going, oh, but, but, but God, in the name of Jesus, touch him. Maybe he's saying, in my name, I don't know. <laughs> that about made me laugh. I don't know what he's saying. I just know that he's talking to God for you and me. He's not, he's not taking petitions against you to God. He's not saying, did you see what so-and-so did? No, 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 no. He's praying for you. He's, he's talking to God on your behalf. Now, he also can't do more than what he has already set up. And he said that if we would just accept that love, what we have to do to accept that love. See, it's easy to declare our love for God. Oh, I love God so much. But, no. We have to find a place in His Word that we trust Him enough to say, you know what, I do love God. But man, I'm so thankful that He loves me. A lot of times our human nature causes us to doubt, causes us to fear, and causes us to worry. But I want you to understand that the Bible, in that scripture that I just read, it says that His love casts out fear. So I'm going to give you some things real quick this morning. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's extremely important to recognize the source of true love. 1 John 4, 8. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. Listen, religion will make you walk around mean-mugging everybody. Religion will make you think that you have to keep up some kind of certain air for people to respect you. The first step in trusting God's love is to recognize the source of love itself. And you know what the Bible says the source of love is? The Bible declares that God is love. It, we, we have to take it out of that. Well, God loves you because we in our human frail mind, we think, well, if God can love you, because, I mean, my God, we live in a society that people are in and people are out of love. We love our pizza. We love our basketball. We love football, but not yesterday if you're a Tennessee fan. We love, we love everything. So, therefore, it's hard for us to differentiate what the true meaning of love is. 
Because God doesn't go, oh, I love you today, but I, I, oh, oh, you did something wrong, so I don't love you tomorrow. No, 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 no. God himself is love in our life. And so all other forms of love have to find their origin and fulfillment in him. That's why if you're looking for a mate, don't go to uh, eHarmony first. If you want to go there second, that's fine. But that's between you and eHarmony. But the first step should be go to God. Because every part of our life should be founded in Him first. As we understand the truth, we will come to realize that God's love for us is unwavering and unconditional. My children may dread to talk to me if they know they've done something that disappoints me because they don't want to hear it. But I'm going to say something very confidently today. Is I don't care what they do, they know it'll never change my love for them. So why, if we can believe that about an earthly father, how in the world can we not believe that about a God that was so, so amazing that he sent his son to die for you and I? He don't love us because of what we do. He does not love us because of what we achieve. He loves us simply because He is love. When we fully grasp that, we can start trusting in His love, knowing that it's unchanging. When we fully grasp that God is love, then we don't worry about a job. We trust Him for a job. We don't worry about a relationship. We trust Him for a relationship. We don't worry about our children or their well-being. We trust Him for our children. Oh, I wish I had somebody that would say, I'm so happy that God loves me today. He's the source of love. The next thing, if you take a note, write this down. You will only, and in my notes, I capitalized only. You will only Overcome fear through love. In 1 John 4.18 it says, The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. Way too often fear becomes a stumbling block in our relationship with God. We need to understand what King James Version means when it says fear God. Fear God in the Bible does not mean Fearing God means I reverence Him. I respect Him. I look to Him as the Creator. I look to Him as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is my healer. He is my redeemer. He is all that I need every day when I wake up. If I feel discouraged, He's my encourager. If I wake up and I feel depressed, He is the one that raises me up and pulls me out of it. If I go to the doctor and get a bad report, He is my Rapha. He is my healer. I understand that fear is respecting him and it's not a stumbling block. See, 
Maybe we fear the unknown. Maybe we fear the future. Maybe we fear the consequences of our actions. But please remember this, that the Apostle Paul assured us in this scripture that perfect love casts out fear. So when we truly trust in God's love, fear loses its grip in our hearts. We were in Knoxville yesterday and she and I sat down in a coffee shop and I was going through my notes. And when I got to that point, I said, thank you, Jesus. Because I don't know if you do, but as a human being, I still have to deal with some fear sometimes. I still have to recognize some fears. But when I truly trust in God's love, Fear loses its grip because I know that the creator, the ruler, and the God of the universe loves me so much that I'm in his thoughts. We start to realize that we are secure in his love. That his plans are good for us. I said he's got good plans for you. See, trusting in God's love means surrendering the fears that we're dealing with to Him. Knowing that His love will guide us, protect us, provide for us in every situation. Somebody say amen to that. The next thing I want to share with you is trusting God's love allows us to rest in His faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, It's because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed because His tender compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great and beyond measure is your faithfulness. See, our God in God's love, our trust in God's love, excuse me, is strengthened even more when we rest in His faithfulness. The book of Lamentations reminds us that His mercies are new every morning. That's good news. His faithfulness is great. That's good news. Despite the shortcomings and the failures in my life, God's love remains constant. I want to say that again because you may be in here today and you may be dealing with some stuff that... See, Paul said this. Paul, the man who taught us more about faith than anybody else in the Bible... Paul, the man who is teaching us so many things, even in the scriptures that I've read today about trusting God's love, Paul said, there's days that I know I should be doing this, but I still end up doing that. And there's days that I know I ought to do that, and I end up doing this. You know what Paul was saying? He wasn't saying, it's okay, it don't matter. He wasn't saying, oh, sin doesn't matter. He knew and he preached that sin would destroy you. But one thing that he did not preach, he did not preach about a God that wanted to destroy you, that was mad at you. He did not preach about a God that wanted to tell you how bad you are. He wanted, and, and I believe the reason that Paul taught what he did is he wanted to increase our faith. Your faith will never get to the optimum level until you understand God loves you no matter what you did or who you was with last night. Now what you did and who you was with may stop you from from, from walking into the blessings of God. Because see, God, 
Here's, here's what I want you to get to and what I had to get to. Sin does bring condemnation. God does not. That's the power that will strengthen your faith. Because when we think God is condemning us, then we feel like, oh, if God is against me, if God thinks I'm this bad, how in the world can I ever accomplish anything? But if we understand that you and God are on the same team, God is in my corner. Jesus is talking to God for me. Sin is the opposition to me, God, and Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Not sin being in me that, that, that God is against. Despite of our shortcomings, God's love is constant. He's faithful. His promises are faithful. When we face difficulties, when we face trials, we can find peace knowing that God's love will sustain us. Trusting in God's love means relying on His faithfulness. God's faithfulness is not fickle like people's faithfulness is. The last thing I want to share with you today is here's the beauty of understanding. Here's the true beauty of understanding God's love. When we trust God's love, we will respond in love to others differently. Listen, there's times that there's people on this earth that I'd like to shoot. And if they're not people you want to shoot, you probably want to cut. So don't judge me. But I'm only like that. And let me just, in case anybody wants to take a sound bite of that, I've never shot or cut anybody. And I'm not going to, okay? Hopefully I'm not going to. But the point of that is, our flesh, when, is, when it is conditioned by the ways of the world, it will respond and act in the ways of the world. But when we are conditioned in His presence, <laughs> when we, listen, it is one of the most important things for me that I praise this church be known as a place of love and acceptance because I need God's love and acceptance listen there's circles in this world that I'm not accepted some of the circles that I'm not accepted is because of my gender some people don't accept me in circles because of my color some people don't accept me because of my calling. Some people don't accept me because of an array of different things. But I'm so glad 
not just as I am without one plea. Oh, I'm so glad that his blood was shed for me. See, just as I am, I stand in front of God and he goes, oh, I love you. <laughs> My children have not always done everything that I've wanted them to, but I still love them. If I can love them that way, how much more does he love me? In 1 John 4.19, it says, Our love for others is our grateful response to the love of God first demonstrated to us. I'm going to read that again. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Let me help you with something. There is never a reason to be mean. You can defend yourself. You can take care of your business. But just to flat out get up on the wrong side of the bed one day and cuss somebody out because they pulled out in front of you or make some little uh, 15 or 16 year old kid feel inferior because they messed up your order. Come on. The last time I checked, most of y'all ain't anorexic. If we if we can't operate in the love of God, the word tells me that we don't have it. But when we, as we learn to experience, as we learn to receive the depth of God's love, as we learn to trust in God's love, our lives will start to reflect by our response to others of love. We love him because he first loved us. I said we love him because he first loved us. Don't let that be a religious thing. Oh, I love Jesus because he first loved me. Then treat somebody with respect that, that can't do anything to help you in life. When's the last time that somebody said hello to you and you just went out of your way to stop and say, hey, how you doing? And make them feel worth something. There are young people today, there are teenagers walking around in a cocoon. And if you're a teenager, I'm, I'm not coming against you with this statement. It's a difference in generational Learning, it's a difference in generational time frame. But guys, we got a generation of teenagers in the world today that have limited social abilities to interact 
because they were, they've been raised with their face in a screen. I'm not downing them or looking, I'm not finding fault with them. What I'm telling us is if we have the true love of God, do you know that God loves every generation the same? Do you know, do you know that God does not differentiate if somebody comes to church in a suit and tie, a ball cap and shorts? It, God doesn't differentiate. God doesn't differentiate if His love doesn't, doesn't change if our social interaction is exciting and is kind and is hopeful and is, is vibrant or if we are an introvert. God loves us all the same. So when you meet teenagers today that have this introverted spirit around them, why don't you find a way to communicate with them? Don't tell everybody or tell them or how bad they are. I can't believe they don't even know how to say hello. You know what? We live in a different generation today. We live... And, and what has happened in the past is in the church, we have allowed these disconnects to happen and it's become religious atrocities. And the atrocity is that, well, that music is young people music or that music is, is old people music. Because, listen, young people, just because it doesn't beat like you want it to beat doesn't nullify the fact that it's still worshiping God. If we want to be a generation of connectors, there's, there's certain things that you have to use to connect certain materials. You can't use the same material to connect plastic as you do connecting metal. You can't use the same fasteners on wood as you do on metal. You have to figure out what fits the moment that you're in. But the same man can put metal together. He can put metal to plastic. He can put metal to wood. He can put all these. The same man can do that if he has a mindset to adapt to his circumstance. And today, <laughs> I tell you what the love of God does. The love of God gives me the power to empathize with people that I don't understand. The, lo <laughs> the love of God gives me the, the power to, to, to sit down and actually, hey, we're getting ready to go into another election year. And the love of God gives me the power to sit down with Democrats and Republicans and Independents and Blacks and Whites and Baptists and Pentecostals and Methodists and Presbyterians and still smile, be kind, and love them. Why? Why, do, why, am, I, why am I able to do that? And you know what? I can do it. And are you bragging, Pastor? Just on Jesus just on Jesus because if the truth be known I wasn't raised to be politically uh, neutral I wasn't raised to be racially neutral I wasn't raised to be denominationally neutral my God I was raised in the church that 
the, the, the song in the, in the songbook that said, the church of God is right. Go hallelujah to the Lamb. They thought it meant their denomination. And that ain't what it means at all. It means we are the church of God. We are the church of the living God. We are the church of the loving God. And that's more important to me today than anything. Anything. Trust in God. I've got about four more statements here written down that I want to share with you, and then I'm going to pray. Trust in God's love compels us to love Him with all of our hearts, all of our minds, and all of our souls. And then pass that. God's love leads us to love others as ourselves. When we truly trust in God's love, we can extend that love to those around us. Showing compassion, forgiveness, and kindness. And lastly, our response of love becomes a testimony to the world of the transformative power of God's Thank you so much for watching this sermon. We hope it encouraged you. Check out more of Apostle Jack's sermons to stay encouraged throughout the week. We also do live streams on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday night chapels at 6.30. We would love for you all to stay connected, so go like and follow all of our socials. Life is so beautiful with Jesus and community. So, so join, join the fam! fam.